Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their community. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and fulfill that purpose? First of all, today I wanted to thank you all for listening to episode one, Unlikely Friends with Jonah Trahan. Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. A lot of y'all did too. Y'all gave me some really, really good feedback. Um, thanks to Jonah. He, uh, he, uh, he lights up a room and he really lights up a mic too. So um, I, I thought it went really well. Uh, we got a few uh, things today that I'm going to talk about. So first of all, I know uh, I really want this to be a, a guest-centered podcast. I want to talk to guests, get their ideas on things. Um, mostly because the idea of this podcast is that I, I'm doing these things with y'all. I'm, I'm trying to uh, define my purpose and, and fulfill my purpose. And so I don't want it to be like I'm just you know preaching to y'all because I don't have all the answers. I have some answers. Uh, I, I don't have all the answers or anywhere close to it. And I struggle with a lot of these things as well. So what I really want it to be is a lot of dialogue with other men, other good men that can kind of help us figure out a path. And, and you know, eventually we're going to listen to all these good men and and we're going to take little bits and pieces from them. And we're going to go and we're going to fulfill our purpose as well. But uh, starting so early and trying to find guests that are willing to be on the podcast and, and a lot of these guys, the nature of them is that they're high achievers, which is a really good thing, but they're, they're pretty busy and uh, which good on them that, you know, they got a lot going on. And so I, I've got some guests that are going to be scheduled a little bit farther out, but I want to make sure that uh, y'all get content uh, weekly. So for a little bit, it might be me talking and exploring, exploring a topic. And don't take that as me telling you, you know, what you need to do. I just want to discuss this thing and give y'all, give y'all some things to try out and and see, uh, get some feedback. Try to try to try to discuss some of the topics that we're talking about in our guest centered guest centered podcast. So um, today, I wanted to first touch on why I started this. Uh, you know, a lot of y'all didn't really see this coming and I didn't really either. <laughs> um, I've talked about it for a little bit, but I basically last Tuesday, I decided that I was going to quit talking about it and I was going to do it. And Jonah was scheduled to be in town on, I think he came in on Friday. Yeah, I think that's when we recorded was Friday. No, maybe it was Saturday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't remember a week ago, but, um, he was scheduled to be in town on Saturday, so I ordered a mic on Wednesday, hoping to God that Amazon Prime came through, and uh, it did. So on Friday, we got this mic, and we huddled around it, and we did a podcast. We recorded our very first podcast on Saturday. Between him and I, this was the first time we had ever spoken on mic and and gotten it, uh, gotten a recording, and it's something we've been talking about doing for a couple of years now. And the reason I decided to do this, the reason I decided to Name the podcast The Purpose Podcast is because I think that we have a lot of issues, issues today that that are plaguing America. There's a lot of things, and I don't want to get political because a lot of this stuff's you know, it, it's going to be called politics, and that's what you can call it, and, and to a certain extent, that's what it is. Politics is downstream of culture, but basically, I, I think that we have a lot of problems that stem from fatherless homes and lack of strong male role models uh, in, in the world today. I, you know, a lot of these issues 
you know, just one for example. I mean, there's there's plenty. There's the gender issues, all the you know, all the sexuality things, all the gender stuff. But one of the main issues is like you know these school shootings that are popping up. And there's there's a lot of violence has always been an issue. I mean, you know, mass violence to that scale maybe hasn't always been an issue, but there's a lot of different aspects that come into that. But I think you look at these guys and you look at their past and statistically they don't come from strong homes with strong male leaders. And I mean, you just look at them, they're, you know, 80 pound zoomers that, you know, they don't really look like they have a strong male influence. And a lot of them don't. I would reckon to say almost all of them do. I don't know if any of them, I haven't looked into it, but I don't know that I haven't looked into it specifically. I know that the majority of them don't have, you know, dads in the home. So I, I think that a lot of the problems that we've had have, has, they come from, a lack of, of male leadership in our communities. And the only way that I can help do that is to become in, you know involved and to spread the word about being a strong male role model. I've got other ways that I'm going to try to help and get involved in the community, and those will come soon. Uh, you know, the, I, I've got some things brewing, and I've talked to you all about some of them. But this was the most efficient and quickest way that I could actually start trying to make a difference is by putting out the things that I'm learning and the and these these guys that I have in my life that are that are wonderful men, uh, putting out their words and and the things that I'm learning for people to feed off of and to build themselves up so that they can go and build other men. You know, a lot of this is going to be centered towards fathers and how do you how do you raise kids? I'm not a father yet, but I hope to talk to a few of them and I hope to study it and you know maybe eventually if I become a father then we can talk a lot about you know being a father and my experiences in that. But that's what it's going to take is having fathers and having strong role models to help raise up the next generation of young men. It's not going to get any better if guys, you know, if, if we take as a men, we take a backseat role and we don't do these things. So like I said, the, the most efficient, the easiest way for me to do that was to order a mic, sit in front of it and start talking and hope that people listen. So that's kind of why I got started. That's that's the purpose of this. Um, I hope that y'all can all get behind that. And I hope that you know, we can solidify around that purpose, all the good men that I know, and, and hopefully all the good men that this will reach. I hope that we can kind of solidify around that purpose and, and start a little bit of a movement of our own. This stuff's already going on. You know, you've got Order of Man. Um, Joe Rogan does, you know, talks about it a little bit. Uh, you've got the Art of Manliness, just a few of those that, that I've come across. Andy Frazella, he preaches a lot of this stuff, but, um, you know, Jordan Peterson. But I just... I think that the way we can really make a difference is is get granular in our communities and start doing things like this. So that's the why. That's that's why I'm here, and uh, I you know I think it's going to go well. I think that we can really make a difference. Um, so the topic of this podcast is going to kind of center around something that Jonah and I talked about towards the end of our podcast, and it's going to be finding freedom in fault. So. Basically, I've got this idea from reading, and it's not my idea. I mean, multiple people have come up with it. It's been presented a thousand different ways. But I've got this kind of attitude, mode of thought that if you can look, there, there's almost not any problem that you can't look at and find find reasons that, that you are to blame for either creating or drastically exacerbating um, the problem in your life. And once you find out how you're to blame, to me, that gives you a sense of freedom. It, it, it felt like freedom to me because that means I had control and I could actually solve the problem. And so, you know, that's kind of the idea. I wanted to clarify something that I said in episode one. I, I had called back to Jordan Peterson and I had stated that there was a there was a story in there about a woman who had 
she thought that she had been date raped uh, multiple times. And that story, it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I thought it was about this personal, you know, personal accountability of how did I get myself into this situation? And that's kind of what it is, but I, I, it's not, it, it's a story in Jordan Peterson's, uh, in Jordan Peterson's book. I didn't just make it up. It's actually in here. I think it's in rule nine. Um, and it's, it's actually what it is. It's about truth and it's about, you know, when do you tell people the truth and what is best for them and, you know, how responsible for the truth people really are. And, and I hope to get into that a little bit later, but it, it's a real story. She did actually do this and it was actually one of his clients and it is actually in the book. It just wasn't saying what I thought it was saying. But I did, I did find the excerpt that says the thing that I thought I was saying and it, it really speaks a lot. And I remember how much it spoke to me when I read it. <laughs> I didn't re- it didn't mean enough apparently for me to remember exactly where it was at, but um, I do remember reading this and how much of an impact it had on my life. And basically, I'm going to go through and I'm just going to read kind of what he says. And, and actually, he's basically summarizing uh, a poet called the Co- the Cocktail Party by T. S. Eliot. So these are Jordan Peterson's words, but he's summarizing another author named T. S. Eliot, and I'm going to read them to you. So it's kind of confusing, but. Um, he's talking about a woman who apparently is speaking to her psychiatrist in the in the story, and she says that. So, so this is Jordan Peterson's words. She says she hopes that all her suffering is her own fault. The psychiatrist is taken aback. He asks why. She has thought long and hard about this. She says and has come to the following conclusion: If it's her fault, she might be able to do something about it. If it's God's fault, however. If reality itself is flawed, hell-bent on ensuring her misery, then she is doomed. She couldn't change the structure of reality itself, but maybe she could change her own life. Let that sit for a second. That's that's powerful. I'm going to read it again. If it's her fault, she might be able to do something about it. If it's God's fault, however, if reality itself is flawed, hell-bent on ensuring her misery, then she is doomed. She couldn't change the structure of reality itself, but maybe she could change her own life. That's crazy. That that really is crazy. That's when I read that, um, it just put me into a whole different mindset of how how have I gotten myself into the position that I'm in and who am I blaming for that? So, you know, obviously it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really go into details about what she's dealing with, just that she's, you know, blaming God for it. And that's common. We all see that. We all see the the guy that's lost his job and his wife and his kid and all that stuff. And, and he just hates God. He doesn't see how God could let this happen. Or we all know the atheist that hates God because, you know, bad things happen in the world and they don't understand that. And I don't really understand that as well. I'm not a theologist. I don't really get all of that stuff. But we know that some people will have bad things happen in their lives and they blame God or they blame somebody else for it. And basically what's what this is saying, it, it's basically like whether it's somebody else's fault or not, if you continue to blame them, that's hopeless. If you can find fault in yourself and change your own life, then you're no longer helpless. And to me, that gives me freedom. I want to continue on. He talks about a man named Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this guy wrote uh, the Gulag Archipelago. If you're into reading. It's kind of a long book. It's kind of lengthy, but it's it's a really really good read. I actually listened to it on audiobook before I was reading pretty heavily, but it's a it's a good read. It's got some horrific things in it about 
uh, the the Soviet the Soviet era and the the gulags. But basically, this guy got thrown into a a gulag and he gets cancer in the gulag. Which talk talk about some shit luck. You get thrown into a gulag and then you get cancer. But instead of feeling sorry for himself, he he started thinking about he was to blame. And I'm going to read from from Jordan Peterson again. This is on page. 155 rule six of 12 rules for life. It says he contemplated their behavior deeply. Then he asked himself the most difficult of questions. Had he personally contributed to the catastrophe of his life? If so, how? He remembered his unquestioning support of the communist party in his early years. He reconsidered his whole life. He had plenty of time in the camps. How had he missed the mark in the past? How many times had he acted against his own conscience, engaging in actions that he knew to be wrong? How many times had he betrayed himself and lied? Was there any way that the sins of his past could be rectified, atoned for, in the muddy hell of a Soviet gulag? That's uh, that's pretty, that's that's pretty tough stuff. You're gonna sit in a Soviet gulag. You know these guys were dying in their own feces, literally. If you if you read the book, it's 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 pretty insane. And he's gonna ask himself, how did I put myself? into this situation instead of blaming the communists who are (laughs) they're pretty rightly to blame i mean i hate a commie just as much as the next guy he's going to ask himself how did i get myself into this situation and that is that's that's crazy that's that's some extreme fortitude i'm going to continue on solzhenitsyn poured over the details of his life with a fine-tooth comb he asked himself a second question and a third can i stop making such mistakes now Can I repair the damage done by my past failures now? He learned to watch and listen. He found people he admired who were honest despite everything. He took himself apart piece by piece, let what was unnecessary and harmful die, and resurrected himself. Then he wrote the Gulag Archipelago, a history of the Soviet prison camp. So this book is is, uh, pretty, pretty influential. It's probably one of the most influential books of the 20th century, if you really think about it, because it helped kind of bring down the USSR. help bring down communism really until we brought it back. <laughs> but um, that's, that's insane to have that kind of self-awareness and to turn that into yourself when you're sitting in a Soviet gulag with cancer. Um, basically the, the point of that is that even in those circumstances, he found a way that he could be to blame and do something about it that he could help solve the problem that he found himself in because he found himself to blame. And, and that's kind of what I want to go with, go over with y'all guys is, is if these people can do that, whatever the woman was dealing with and what, you know, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he's sitting in a Soviet gulag, they can do that. And you see how much it's, it's helping them and, you know, giving them hope. And, and, you know, he wrote this, this magnificent book. Why can't we do that in our daily lives? And that's something that I've really, Turn my attention to. You can ask, you know, my wife and, and some of my friends that I really try to turn my attention into how how am I to blame for this problem that I'm facing right now? And for me, I have just felt an overwhelming sense of freedom. You know, I think this woman that he's talking about, she found hope in that. She found hope that she could actually change her circumstances if it was her fault. And there's part of that. But for me, I felt like some of these issues that I was having they they were putting me in a prison of my own making because well i thought it was of somebody else's making but it was really myself but i was in this prison i couldn't move forward i couldn't do anything because i was sitting here waiting on somebody else to solve the problems that apparently they had created 
that's kind of where I was at. And, you know, I know, I know everybody knows I've got knee problems and this and that. I'm eventually I'm going to stop talking about my knees and and it'll be a good day when I do. But, you know, that's probably the biggest example of my life where it was really hard to look and see how am I to blame for this? Because, you know, my genes just completely, you know, my, my femur just didn't form right. And now my knees exit stage left when any sort of, you know, weird pressure is put, you know, my kneecaps exit and they're done. And, you know, it was kind of hard for me to go, well, how am I to blame for that? You know, and I felt trapped. I couldn't hike, couldn't run. You know, you can't run in in a prison cell, you know, eight by 10 prison cell. You can't hike, you know, you can't swim, you can't do all these things. And that's, that's what I was putting myself into was this prison cell of inactivity physically. Uh, You know, it was, it was bad. I, I, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do and I didn't really know who to blame. And I was just in this prison. And finally, I got to the point where I looked at myself and I said, after I, you know, after I read this book, I said, man, how am I to blame for this? And part of this is, is identifying the actual problem. Okay. The, you have to be able to identify the actual problem before you can start finding out who to blame. So for me, you know, my knees, yeah, my knees are broken, but the real problem, the real the real thing that was causing me discomfort and dissatisfaction was the idea that I thought I couldn't do the things that I, I wanted to do. It wasn't that my knees were bad. It was that I, I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do. And so I started thinking like, well, why am I not able to do the things that I wanted to do? And why am I to blame for that? Instead of blaming my knees, why am I to blame for that? And so I started thinking, well, you know, Hoss, your, your legs are really weak. You know what I mean? Like it's hard for a joint to work with weak muscles around it. That's that's the whole premise of physical therapy <laughs> is that it's hard for uh it's hard for joints to work properly if your muscles are weak around them. So, you know, I was barely able to do leg extensions at 25 pounds and I still I may be at 25 pounds per leg right now, which is not much at all. But I, I was barely able to do them at 25 pounds with both legs and children can do that sometimes. So <laughs> My legs were really, really weak. And, and that was one thing I identified of, hey, you know, you can't really blame your knees if your legs are weak. That's one way that you're really not helping the issue and you're kind of causing the problem of you not being able to do things. So I, I wrote that down and I said, what, what's another issue that I'm having? And it was, well, you, uh, you're kind of top heavy, dog, you know, like you're, you're really big. <laughs> And, you know, I've got some big legs, you know, my, I've never looked disproportionate, like I've never had chicken legs, but I, I'm a top heavy dude. I, I carry, I distribute my weight pretty well, but I have a heavy torso. And if you know anything about physics or engineering <laughs> or the human body at all, putting a, putting a heavy, heavy weight above some weak legs with some messed up knees, that's not going to go well. <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. You can't, you know you can't do that. You can't put a five pound weight on a spaghetti noodle and expect it to work. So these were a couple of things that I had identified as, as reasons that causes for the problem of me not being able to do the things that I wanted. And then I took action on them. I said, Hey, look, if I caused these things, then I can fix them. So what did I do? I started strengthening my knees. I started doing leg extensions. I started um, doing as many squats as I could, as low as I could, which is still not very low, and it's not that many. Started walking. I started doing these things to to strengthen my legs, and I felt free from that. I felt like I was no longer in this prison. And then I started losing weight. 
I've, I, you know, I've lost quite a bit of weight and my knees feel better. I'm going on hikes now. I, I'm running. I, I run quite often. I run at least like four days a week. Maybe not far, maybe not for long, but I run. And that was something that was out of the question. Absolutely out of the question. A, a year ago, two years ago, I, I was in a prison. I couldn't do any of that. Okay. And now I, I can because I found blame in myself. I stopped blaming genes or my knees or God. Um, and I, I never really blamed God. It wasn't that drastic. I mean, it was just some knee problems, but I was blaming my knees and, and some genes and, and putting myself in this prison of inability. Okay. So that's kind of my experience. I, I, I want to, I want to transition that to, you know, all the other things that we deal with. And, and once I started looking at it like that, I was like, well, why can't I do this with, with literally everything that goes on in my life, financial issues, you know, job problems, whatever. And, and you can too. You can start looking at these issues you're having. Maybe maybe you're not getting as far in school as quick as you want to. Maybe you're having some financial issues. And, and start assessing these problems critically towards yourself. Understand what the problem actually is. Okay? Understand whether it's that, you know, you're not doing well in school or if you don't like school because you're not going to do well in it. Okay? Understand what the actual problem is. And then start trying to find fault in yourself so that you can eventually find that freedom. Um, I want to talk about this too from a relationship standpoint. And Jonah and I kind of got into it. I just wanted to reiterate and kind of complete that thought of once you can do this with the, with, well, it's probably easier to start with the little things in life than what it is the big things. But once you can do this at any capacity, start applying it to everything. And one of the big, big things that I think this is a huge benefit is in a relationship. Okay. If you have, now if you have picked the right woman and if you have got a good woman that you can actually build a relationship with, you know, if you just pick somebody that's going to be difficult and, you know, just some people are not meant to be in relationships and then some people pick them to be in a relationship that just happens. Okay. There, there are some people that you cannot build a better relationship with. Okay. And a lot of dudes are like that as well. All right. If you're a woman listening to this, you know, you got to pick the right dude. If you're a dude listening to this, you got to try to pick the right person and then build with them. But if you have somebody that you can build with and that is, is, is committed to you, then this is one of the easiest ways to make your relationship 10 times better is by approaching all the problems that you have in your relationship and all these petty little arguments that you have and finding fault in, in how you caused the issue. Okay, number one is under, understand the problem. So hypothetical, you know, hypothetical scenario that Jonah and I set up was, oh, you walk in and the dishes aren't done or your wife hasn't been doing her chores like she needs to do. Okay, well, first of all, you need to identify the problem. All right, was the problem just that she had a super, super busy day? Okay, is the problem that the dishes are in the sink or is the problem that she just hasn't been doing things around the house? She's super busy, okay? Identify the problem. So say you walk in and, and the problem is that, you know, the dishes are just in the sink. It's a one-day occurrence, okay? Dishes are in the sink. You came in, you wanted to cook or you want to do this and the dishes are dirty. Okay, well, that's, that's an easy one. The reason that the dishes are still dirty is because you haven't turned the water on yet, okay? <laughs> Find blame in yourself. It's not because she hasn't done it. It's because you haven't done it yet. All right, we're, we're going to forget about her. You haven't done the dishes yet. It's going to take you 20 minutes to do the dishes, then get on with what you're doing. Okay? And you know, what if, what if it's a bigger problem? What if it's been a couple weeks of her not doing her chores? 
Okay, well, then you could say, ah, there's a pattern there. She hasn't been doing her chores. Okay, well, look at yourself. Who does she have as an example? Okay, because you're the leader of this house. You're the leader. You have to take ownership. Jocko calls this extreme ownership. Who does she have as an example? Who is who is she looking to? Is she tired of you not doing your chores? Have you been committed to your chores? Have you gotten out and mowed the lawn? Have you, you know, swept the kitchen? Have you picked up all of your shit that is laying around the house? Okay, have you done that? Have you done the things that she's asking you to do? Because how can you expect her to do what she's supposed to do if you're not going to do what you're supposed to do? Okay, so the the problem is no longer, the problem is no longer that she hasn't been doing her chores. The problem is now you need to do your chores so that she feels like she needs to do her chores because that's how this works. If the leader does his, if the leader takes care of his responsibilities, you know, the, the, the woman of the house is going to take care of her responsibilities. Okay. And oftentimes she will take care of her responsibilities far after you have quit yours. Okay. Most of the time, the women are, are much better at, at sacrificing this and, and, and doing these things at what, at was, at, than what men are. Okay, it, it's a fact. The woman will absolutely stay committed to her her roles and responsibilities in the household, while men just slowly let stuff go because you know they've got work and stuff like this. Okay, so think about that. Think what the what the problem actually is. All right, and then blame yourself for that problem. Say, well, man, I haven't been doing my chores, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do all my chores, and then I'm gonna pick up some of her chores too, because she shouldn't be the only one in the household doing chores, and maybe she needs a break. Okay, and you're gonna, you're eventually going to find freedom in that. You're eventually going to find freedom in that because there now you're not stuck in this prison of hey, I you know, I need her to to get up and get around and do this stuff. Okay, no, you can. And then you're and then you're fine. <laughs> you found blame in yourself and you're no longer in this prison of waiting on somebody else to do things in order for you to have a better life. Okay? And and, and in the relationship, that's going to strengthen your relationship because eventually, you know, you're both going to start performing at a higher level because you both understand that in order for this stuff to go well, you you must be responsible and you must keep your side of the bargain. That's key, okay? And sometimes you have to take up somebody else's side of the bargain too. Relation, relationships are never 50-50, at least in my experience. I mean, yeah, I've only had one, but relationships never seem to be 50-50. It's always like 80-20 in some direction um, on any given day, okay? It may average out to maybe some 50-50, but on any given day, it's it's 80-20, okay? So you may have to pick up her side of the bargain, and then tomorrow she'll pick up your, you know, tomorrow she'll pick up a little bit of your side of the bargain, okay? That's, that's how this works. And, you know, if it's been going on for a little bit, if you've had years of just disgruntled, you know, home life of nobody doing their chores and the house is a mess, you know, I've only lived with the Ellen for a few years now, and if, if you've had years of that, then it's not going to change immediately. And this comes with, you know, the financial problems too. Like if if you're going to start applying this to your financial issues, it's not going to change immediately. But I, I promise your mood will. Your 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 sense of self and sense of purpose will change almost immediately because, you know, you have this, you now have a path forward because you have accepted the fact that you can change your circumstances. Um yeah, don't expect results immediately. I see a lot of these guys that, you know, they'll <laughs> they'll do one thing around the house, you know, that they'll finally get up and and it's Mother's Day and they do the laundry and they they do the dishes and they clean the fridge and take the trash out and do all these things. And then they're, well, my wife didn't tell me thank you. Well, yeah, your wife probably should have said thank you. She should be thankful when you do things. But 
Also, jackass, you haven't been doing anything for six months around the house. Okay? Don't expect immediate changes in this. You know, if your finances, if you went out and worked an extra job, you know, worked your second job for a week, don't expect to be rich. Same thing in, in your relationship. If you're doing extra work for <laughs> a week, don't come in, you know, don't come into the bedroom and be like, well, did you see that I, I did the dishes? Are you going to thank me? No, motherfucker, no. Like, don't expect to thank you. Like, she should, you know, like, if, if, if this was a podcast for women, I would be saying, hey, you should probably thank your dude, you know, give, give some reward for, for doing those things. But you should absolutely not expect to thank you for that. You should do it. You should do it not for the thank you, but to better yourself and your relationship. And eventually those thank yous for, will come. I, you know, a good rule of thumb is however long you put off the chore or put off, you know, this responsibility, um, do it twice as long as that. And then you can start expecting a thank you. You know, if you put off the dishes for four months, okay, and you haven't touched a dish for four months, then you can go and do it for eight months. And once you've, you know, done the dishes pretty regularly for eight months, if your wife is still blowing you off, you might say, hey, look, you know, I, I feel like you haven't been, you know, appreciating the, the things that I've been doing around here. You know, can we talk about that? Okay, but until you've been, until you've been a premier example for at least twice as long as you've been a piece of shit, you don't get a fucking thank you. That's, that's not how that works. Okay, guys. But you will get you will get a move a mood improvement, and that'll be for yourself, okay. Um, and, and when I say you don't get to thank you, you don't get to expect a thank you. Hopefully, if you picked a good woman, then she'll she'll you know come around and, and you'll have some some results pretty quickly. But if you've been do, if this has been going on for 10, 15 years, then no, <laughs> like that, that, there's been some pretty strong resentment built up. Um, you know, I hope not, but the likelihood is that you know, you've been doing things wrong for quite a while and you're not going to get an immediate improvement in her mood. And I, I fall into that trap too. She, you know, Dylan will be having a bad day and I buy her a chocolate bar. And I'm like, why are you not better? <laughs> I got you a chocolate bar. This is $2 worth of chocolate. Why are you not better? Okay. Guys, like don't, don't fall into that and understand that it takes consistency over a long period of time to, to see these kind of improvements, especially in relationships. Um, but that, that's kind of the idea of, of what I wanted to present today is, is finding that freedom and comfort and, and blaming yourself and finding a path forward. I, I think it's, I, I think it's key. I've been doing it for a while now and it's just, it's really helped me improve my mood. We kind of talked about that on episode one, but it, it's just really helped me feel like I'm no longer trapped and it, it, I hope it works for you. And you might be saying, Hey man, I've got this issue. I've got this issue. I've got this health problem, I've got this financial, you know, deal going on and there's no way I'm to blame for it. It's not me. It's I'm not to blame. Okay. Well, try this, try this for a couple weeks, try this for a month. And if your mood is not improved and you haven't seen results in these things, then we can talk. Okay. If, if you don't feel like you're a little bit more free, a little bit more comfortable and out of, out of a prison of sorts, then we can talk and you can come on the podcast and we can talk about whatever issues you've got going on. But I promise, if you if you truly apply this this principle that I didn't make up, Jordan Peterson, Jocko Willink, all of these guys, um, this is this is their principle. I'm just relaying it to you in a way that I hope makes a little bit more sense. Um, if you can do that for a month, I, I almost guarantee that you'll see improvements, and I, I really hope you do because it's made a huge difference for me. Okay, well that was our uh, that was our topic for today. Um, I wanted to thank everybody for listening all the way through. Uh, hopefully you share this. If you got anything out of it, please share it, distribute it, post a nice little Instagram story. We love those. 
um, give me feedback. Okay. Let me know a lot of, a lot of y'all that are listening to this know me personally, or a lot of my good buddies, let me know what you think and let me know how I can make this better. I know that, you know, the last one was a little bit too long. I'm going to try to keep this one under, you know, 40 minutes. I think we're at 32 minutes now, so I should be well under that, but let me know what you think can improve. If the audio is off, if this is off, if that's off, please, please, please let me know because I want to, I want to give y'all something that you're going to listen to and that you're going to find value in. Uh, the other thing is uh, give me some suggestions. Uh, you know, what kind of content do you want to see? A lot of y'all guys listens to listen to podcasts. What do you want to see that's different? Um, I, you know, I, I want to do a Q&A. I think Q&A would be cool. I like Q&A. It's probably the easiest way to generate unique content and to actually get your listeners engaged. So I, I like that. I want to do the Q&A, but help me, help me figure out some other things that y'all want to see. Uh, do you want to talk about, you know, there was another idea of looking through some books and talking about, you know, either fictional or non-fictional characters that, uh, you know, are good, strong men. And how do we analyze, you know, what they do to be good, strong men? Uh, we can talk about multiple different things. Uh, there was one that, you know, I could try to go on Reddit and look for some online content of other people asking interesting questions about, you know, what it means to be a man and, and what is the purpose of, of men and things like that and present those and then present commentary to them. Just let me know what you're thinking and what you want to do. I thought about maybe doing like a, a one month book club where y'all read what I'm reading and then we'll have a podcast about it and I'll talk about it and y'all can submit feedback. Just let me know what you what you want to do and what you want to see because this is this is for y'all. This is to help all of us become better men and, and do better. So thanks guys. Please share the podcast if you got anything out of it and I will talk to y'all later. Thanks.